Should we observe the Sabbath today? Many people believe that we should still keep the Sabbath exactly like they did in the Old Testament. Should we worship on a certain day of the week? Should we eat a certain way? Well, we'll go to the Bible for the answers on this edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, before we get into this very interesting and really important topic, I want to let you know that we will be in South Bend, Indiana this weekend. I'll be heading up there uh, actually tomorrow, and we will be at the Ironwood UPC of South Bend, 4609 South Ironwood Road. We've been going up there for years. And on Saturday evening, September 16th at 7 p.m., I'll be teaching the brand new Understanding the End Time uh, lesson that I've been teaching all year. Man, it's awesome. You guys will really enjoy that. And then Sunday morning, September 17th at 10 a.m., we're going to have a revival service. I'll start out with prophecy and, and some current events and different updates, things you need to know about going on in the news right now. And then we'll transition into a time where we talk about the kingdom of God. Because I want to make sure you're prepared for that. If you understood every prophecy, but yet you weren't prepared for the second coming, it was all for naught, right? However, we want you to be prepared for that. I think somebody's already scheduled to be baptized. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you've never been baptized, if, you've, if you're sick and you need healed, anything that you need, God can meet you there. And we'll believe God to answer those prayers. So... Uh, it's going to be a great time. I've been doing it a lot lately for the pastors, these hybrid type services. And wow, God has really moved. And so certainly looking forward to that up there on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at the church in South Bend. For all of the information, if you need more maps and phone numbers and different things to get to the church, go to endtime.com slash events. Now, Somebody asked me Friday, and I'm getting this question. We've got this question a lot over the years about the Sabbath. You know, in the Old Testament, God told them to kill a man for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. So pretty important, right? The Sabbath must be important. Well, many people believe that we should still keep the Sabbath exactly like they did in the Old Testament. Other people have said that, no, it's different in the New Testament. And then there's a large number of people that just simply really don't know what they believe about it. So, we're going to go through the scriptures so we can know exactly what the Bible teaches about the Sabbath. The first scripture we're going to go to look at today is Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Because this is the fourth commandment. Here in Exodus 20, it lists the Ten Commandments, and the Fourth Commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, in addition to this, Exodus 31, 15 through 16 tells us a little bit more. And here's what it says. It says, Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doth any work in the Sabbath day he shall surely be put to death. 
So there are people questioning today, well, sh- what sh- should I, what, are we, should we put people to death? What do we do? There are actually people that are still questioning that. So the big penalty, right? Well, I mean, you're talking about a death penalty here. So this is a serious commandment from Almighty God, and it still is today. And so, um, you know, wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, the Bible says, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Now, many people who say we need to keep the Sabbath just like they did in the Old Testament, they point out it's a perpetual, that means non-ending covenant. So that's where a lot of the controversy comes in here. So... The question is, should we keep the Sabbath today? Has something changed along the way? Because it said perpetual, right? Well, some teach that worshiping on Sunday is taking the mark of the beast. I mean, there's opinions reign far and wide here. And I, I mean, there's a whole movement out there that believes if you go to church on Sunday, you have brought into the Roman Catholic religion and that you've taken the mark of the beast. Do, do your research. You'll see what I'm saying. Very true. So the question is, are there actually different, are, are these things actually different under the New Testament than they are in the Old Testament? That's the question we want to answer here. And that's what we really have to decide. And, and we need the, the scriptures to decide this for us. Because like I said, there are so many opinions and different teachings out there that we've got to go back to the Bible because a lot of these opinions and teachings have went way off of what Scripture says. So now we have, we've got two examples that we want to go to, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament, that seem to disagree with each other. But the Bible never contradicts itself. So what's going on here? Well, in Numbers 15, 32 through 36, we have an individual who was caught picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. And we want to take a look at Scripture here. I want to make sure we're sticking right with the Bible. And this is not my opinion. The Bible says, And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks up on the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks, they brought him unto Moses and Aaron and, the, and unto all the congregation. And they put him in a ward because it was not declared what should be done. So, They were commanded to keep the Sabbath, but the penalty as yet had not been given to them by God. What do you do if you find somebody breaking the Sabbath? So Moses went to the Lord and he asked, what should we do with this man? And the Lord said unto Moses that the man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. So this is a a very, very serious penalty. You go out, you pick up sticks on the Sabbath day, and you're going to be put to death. And that's exactly what they did. The Bible says the people, they brought him without the camp, and they stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded. Folks, for simply picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. The question is, should we still do that today? I mean, God commanded them to do that, right? I mean, that's one of the big questions here. Moses said, you must keep the Sabbath. God said, kill the man who broke the Sabbath. Now, let's move to the New Testament here. Here we find a man lying by 
the pool of Bethesda. Many of you know the story. He was impotent and apparently he had palsy or some kind of disease. And he couldn't walk. He was lame. In the pool of Bethesda, one time each year, an angel would come down and it would trouble the water. And once they begin to be troubled, he would be healed of whatever disease the person had if they were the first one in the water. And so this is a New Testament account of something that's going to happen on the Sabbath day. And so we're going to go into this account and see what's the difference here. And we're going to do this as throughout the program to make sure we answer the question about the Sabbath today. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned on what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 end time. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more end time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem, where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee, while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1 800 End Time or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Now, we're discussing the Sabbath today. In the Old Testament, God said, put a person to death who had picked up sticks on the Sabbath day. In the New Testament account, we have a man here laying by the pool of Bethesda. And at the pool of Bethesda, one time a year, an angel would come down and uh, trouble the water. And when the water was troubled, the ripples came across. The first one in was healed of whatever disease the person had. So here this man lay. 
probably at as close to the edge of the pool as he could get in hopes that he would be the first one in. And he'd been laying there for years. Well, Jesus was visiting that area. I've been there many times. And there was a lot of sick people laying all around the pool. And all of them had this hope that maybe they would be the first one in that year when the angel troubled the water. In John 5, 6, it tells us what happened. It says, uh, when Jesus saw this impotent man lying there, and he knew that he'd been there for a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered, and he said, Sir, I, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool. People are always beating me in, and they're the ones healed. But while I'm, I'm coming and trying to get in there, somebody steps down before me. So Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, and he walked. An absolute miracle. And on the same day, that was the Sabbath day. The Jews therefore said unto him that, that the, to the guy that was cured, Well, but it's the Sabbath day. And is it not lawful for thee to carry thy bed? And he answered them and he said, Look, he, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. So the, the Pharisees, bullied, these, the, the Jews actually said, well, is it not, you, you're not supposed to be carrying your bed on the Sabbath day. They were worried more about the law than the miracle that had happened. So we've got this paradox here, right? Old Testament, the God of creation said, you pick up sticks on the Sabbath day and you've got to be stoned. Well, here we have the same God. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. We've got the same God telling the man to pick up his bed, put it on his shoulder, and carry it on the Sabbath day. So God said, it appears, right? God said one thing in the Old Testament and another thing in the New Testament. So are they contradicting each other? No. How do we reconcile these two um, seemingly opposite passages? Well, we do have another example of the Sabbath in the Old Testament versus the Sabbath in the New. And I want to take you there because I'm going to tie all this together before we wrap this up today. In Exodus 16.25, Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. So what are we talking about here? Well, the subject is manna. And God rained the manna every day, and the people gathered it when they were out in the wilderness. That's what they were eating. Moses said, Eat that today what you gathered yesterday. Today you should not find the manna in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be no manna that day. And it come to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they didn't find any. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? They weren't supposed to go out on the Sabbath, but these people went out anyway. See for, the Lord, see for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the manna, or the bread, for two days. Abide ye every man in his place, let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. So what was God actually telling the people? I don't want you violating the Sabbath. On Saturday, you're not going to go out and pick up manna. On Saturday, you're supposed to keep the Sabbath day holy. 
And here we are in the book of Exodus, which is the Old Testament. Well, we're going to go back to the New Testament, and we find a very similar situation here. In Matthew 12, 1, at that time, uh, Jesus was, uh, he went on the Sabbath day through the cornfields, and his disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. Now, remember the guy picking up sticks in the Old Testament. So now what's Jesus going to do? So what happened was the Pharisees saw, it, saw them doing it. And they were always trying to trick Jesus and catch him in something anyway. So they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But Jesus said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and they that were with him? Haven't you read what happened there? So, okay, as we continue on here, the Bible says David entered into the house of the Lord, King David, and he ate the shewbread, which was dedicated, and it was not lawful to eat. It was only supposed to be for the priest. We're back in the um, Old Testament again. And again, you're, we're going to jump back and forth here because it's the only way to get this. But he goes on to say, Have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath days, priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? So the priests are, are there working, they're ministering on the Sabbath, but they're blameless because there's a higher law overruling the law of the Sabbath. But Jesus said, I say unto you, in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this means, so Jesus is saying, I, I'm greater than the law. The law was a schoolmaster bringing you to Christ. He's, he's transitioning He's transitioning us from the Old Testament into the New Testament. This is the main point I want to make today. If you don't understand what Jesus Christ did on Calvary and transitioning us out of the Old Testament into the New, then you will not understand the Sabbath. But once you understand that, then you understand it all revolves around Jesus and we moved into a new dispensation. The Bible does not contradict itself. So let's stop right here and let's really, let's really get this. Because verse 7 and 8 here says, If ye had known what this means, I will have mercy, not sacrifice. Ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath day. Okay? So this really teaches us something we all need to know. In the Old Testament... You sacrificed and you earned God's favor. The Bible says it this way. He that doeth these things shall live by them. But in the New Testament, it's the opposite. In the Old Testament, you get good or you do your best to get good to get God, right? Live by the law and do the commandments and uh, do the, the tabernacle and the temple rituals. But in the New Testament... You get God, and then He helps you to get as close to good as possible, right? So, here Jesus is. His disciples are picking corn on the Sabbath. Now, remember, manna in the Old Testament. It was, it was forbidden. You could not go out on Saturday and pick up the manna because it was a Sabbath day. And now the God who made the law, who made that rule, is the same God that's talking to us in the New Testament about the Sabbath. And Jesus justifies his disciples and he said to them, if you understood 
that I'll give you, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. This was a total new concept to the Jewish people because all of their life they have been taught to keep these commandments very rigorously. Don't miss one of them. And they did their best to do that. But now Jesus came. First of all, none of them could keep the law, right? No flesh was justified by the law. So Jesus came to teach them the true way to righteousness and salvation. And now we have this paradox here. We've got a a man picking up sticks, commanding to be killed. And we've got another man taking up his bed, and he walked by the command of the very God who made the original law. And then we've got people forbidden to pick up man on the Sabbath day. But then we've got the disciples of Jesus himself eating corn and picking corn on the Sabbath day. So we've got to reconcile all this together, right? We've got to to let it all make sense here where there's no point in even the topic of discussion. So how does the Old Testament relate to the New Testament? That's the key that you've got to understand. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse uh, 31 through 33 it really gives us a great uh, it, it, under indication here. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. He's speaking future now. It's not there yet, but the days come, the days will come, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt into the promised land, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law inside them. I'm going to write it in their hearts. No longer tables of stone, but I'm going to be their God and they shall be my people. Now, this is all the way back in the book of Jeremiah, talking about a new covenant that God would make. Okay? So, he's talking about this this new covenant. And, And this is what we really, really need to understand. We have to come to grips with this issue because scholars have debated it for many, many years. Theologians have written volumes of books trying to reconcile all of this. So, our big question is, How does the Old Testament then relate to the New Testament? Well, the passage tells us, I will make a new covenant. The Old Testament is the old will of God. The word testament means covenant or will. So the Old Testament, the old will of God. For example, um, the, the last will and testament of John Brown. So when the when we say Old Testament, we're talking about the old will of God. When we say New Testament, we're talking about the new will of God. And there was a new will of God that came along because the old will was inadequate. It came from God. And if righteousness could have come by that law, it would have came because it was straight from God himself. But those were stopgap measures bringing us to Christ. 
God implemented the tabernacle and the temple plans and all those different plans of salvations throughout, even when the uh, children of Israel were coming out of Egyptian bondage. But that was, their sins were, in all those stopgap measures of salvation, their sins were rolled forward to Calvary when a spotless human being would come and die. Then we would transition into the New Testament plan of salvation. And that's why you must understand what happened at Calvary. But the Old Testament plan, it never would work, right? I mean, we're going to see why in a little bit here. And um, I'll explain that to you. So now the Bible teaches us that the Sabbath days in the Old Testament are a shadow of things to come. Uh, if you look at uh, Colossians 2.16, the Bible says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or in new moons or Sabbath days, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the body is of Christ. So, And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, I've taught you in the Old Testament that you're not to eat certain things, that you be careful what you drink, that you have to keep the, the holy days, keep all the festivals, observe the new moons. You can't even violate the Sabbath day. He said, now then, we're moving into the New Testament, which is what? The new will of God, the new covenant Jeremiah prophesied about, because those things are a shadow. The Sabbaths and the new moons and the holy those are a shadow of things to come. And now all of us have a, have a shadow. But when you look, you know, think about me here in a studio. I've got light shining down on me, but I've got a shadow back behind me. So all of us, you and I, all have a shadow. But when, when you look at my shadow on a sidewalk or something, that's not me, right? That's not you. That's simply a shadow. That's merely a shadow that sort of gives the vague outline of what you look like. Well, that's what these Old Testament um, Sabbaths and uh, all of the um, different uh, observances were all about. They were a shadow of the real thing that was to come. So, the Bible teaches, and this is very critical here, that the Old Testament law and all the things that were taught there were merely shadows, not the very thing, but they were shadows of things to come so we can more fully understand God's will in the New Testament, God's new will. So let's look now at a, um, a prophecy in the Old Testament that actually talks about the New Testament Sabbath and what it will look like. In, let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 28, verse 11 and 12. Isaiah said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest. Remember, the Sabbath day was all about rest. Isaiah 28, 11 uh, says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. So we're going to talk about this. I know we're coming up to a break. On the back side of the break, we're going to get off into the New Testament Sabbath, how we observe it, and all of the different intricacies of this because it's of utmost importance that we observe it right, even in 2023. Very important, but a lot of people have so many differences of opinion on it, we want to go to the Bible and get it right. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. You know, everyone, when we talk about this subject of the Sabbath, this is just one of the shadows in the Old Testament of things to come in the New. If you're when you're trying when you're walking through somebody through a Bible study, or somebody takes you back to the Old Testament to prove a point about you know whatever, if you can walk them and show them what the transition is from the Old Testament into the New. And what Jesus Christ really did on Calvary and how we're in a new dispensation now and things like that. Because some people are really uh, simply hung, still hung up in the Old Testament. I've had friends that uh, went back and said, well, no, we we need to be observing the law. And they uh, start going back into Judaism and and under the law and things like that. And once a person's born again, they're not, the law doesn't apply to them anymore. The Bible says, I will write these things on their heart. What happens is in the New Testament, the Holy Ghost, when you receive the Holy Ghost, it deals with your heart. And, you know, the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. Well, if you went to kill somebody, the Holy Ghost would say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ living inside of you would say it would deal with your heart at that point. And that's why we need to understand. Remember the the, the scriptures I read about in Jeremiah that I will write these not on tablets of stone, but on their heart in the new covenant. And so there's a, there, there's a big difference here, and you need to be able to walk people through all of this. And it really revolves around Calvary when sonship was restored to mankind. Okay, so we're going to get off into all kinds of stuff, but it's really, I, I, I love studying this just as much as, if not more than Bible prophecy and everything else, Because once you understand these things, these can unlock things in your mind that will really open your life up to a whole new way of living. It really will. It will transform your life. And so, you know, we've got Bible studies. We've got the the Jerusalem Prophecy College online. There's a lot of things you can do that will walk you through all of this stuff and uh, really help you to understand. Because once you get it, it takes the fear factor out of your life. A lot of people are dealing with fear, fear. I'm just scared of what's going on in the world. I know what's going on in the world, and I'm not, I'm not afraid. I absolutely am not afraid. 
Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. I'm not afraid. I'm not worried about the Antichrist and the world government. I've got my hand in the hands of the man that died for me on Calvary. I've got a wonderful relationship with him. He's never failed me yet. And I know he's never going to fail me in the future. And I understand about, about God, what the Bible teaches us in this transition from the Old to the New Testament. So now I'm observe, observing the Sabbath spiritually. Okay, so I've got to explain that, right? <laughs> so Isaiah prophesied about what this, the future rest that would come and what it would be like under the new covenant. This, now, this is Old Testament now, but he's pro- prophesying about something that would happen in the New Testament. Isaiah 28, uh, 11 and 12 is where we're going. Isaiah said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith we might cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So the rest was the Sabbath. In the Old Testament, it was a physical Sabbath day. And if you were caught picking up sticks, you were stoned to death under the law. God told them to do that. But now in the New Testament, remember, that was a type and shadow of things that would come under the new will of God, the New Testament. So that was the, that was the rest. Uh, the rest was the Sabbath. So the whole purpose of the Sabbath was so that the people would take one day a week and rest. But now then, this prophecy here in Isaiah 28 is about a new Sabbath exercised in a different way. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, this is the rest wherewith ye might cause the weary to rest. Now, that didn't come to pass for a while yet, right? It was a future, it was a prophecy of what would happen in the future. And so, but when we go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. It says, um, well, if you remember the setting there, Jesus had been crucified. He had rose from the dead. And he showed himself alive for 40 days with many infallible proofs, at one point to a group of 500 people. And the time came for him to ascend into heaven, uh, Acts chapter 1. And just before he left, he said to his disciples, Depart you not from Jerusalem. Don't go out and evangelize the world. Don't go back up to Galilee. You go back, you go into Jerusalem, and you stay there until you be endued with power from on high. This was going to be the capstone of Jesus' ministry. It was going to be on the day of Pentecost when sonship was restored to the human race. Which, and it had been lost ever since Adam and Eve, 4,000 years prior. So this was going to be when God put in the human heart. Remember, not going to write it on stone anymore, but he's going to put in the human heart what they needed to truly become, once again, sons of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, other uh, languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So remember, Isaiah uh, chapter 28 
said with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest. So 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, it was actually being poured out upon them because when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they began to supernaturally speak with other tongues. And this reoccurred throughout the New Testament. And this became a part of New Testament life. Now, as we continue on here the, uh, and try to understand this, um, really to, uh, to Sabbath or not to Sabbath or how do we Sabbath, all these different questions. If I am, you know, to Sabbath, how do I do it? How does the Old Testament Sabbath compare to the New Testament Sabbath? When somebody, rather than keeping a physical day of rest, they just receive the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Well, we find out in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. That it says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. So they didn't get it through the Old Testament salvation. Again, you have to understand the Old Testament plans of salvation were stopgap measures to bring people to Christ. The Bible says the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ because a spotless human being, a sinless human being had to die to break the law of sin and death that was entered into under Adam and Eve. And God didn't want us to spiritually die, so he created stopgap plans of salvation. Blood had to be shed for the atonement for sin. That was the Old Testament rituals. But in the New Testament... We look back, all of them, they looked forward to Calvary. Their sins were rolled forward to Calvary when they would sacrifice an animal. We look back to the ultimate sacrifice, which was Jesus Christ on Calvary, a sinless human being who had never died. And so that's the plan of salvation today. That's why you have to understand what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. Really, the, the entire Bible centers around that one event. It really centers around two events. The first and second coming of Jesus Christ. He came the first time to purchase a plan of salvation so that we could go with to be, to be, to be with him at the second coming. Okay, man, I could get off on that and uh, we would forget the Sabbath, though, wouldn't we? That's a problem. So, the, uh, the, the Old Testament, they didn't get, Old Te- the salvation didn't come in the Old Testament. Even though that was of God, it was stopgap measures bringing them to Calvary. The Bible says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. This is the New Testament again. For he that is entered into his rest have also ceased from his own works as God did from his. So what this is saying to us is that once you really enter into the rest that is given to us in the New Testament, you no longer keep one day a week, whether it's Saturday, Sunday. You can worship God any day you want. It doesn't matter. Because you are now living in a perpetual Sabbath. But you cease from all your own works and you enter into this perpetual seven-day-a-week Sabbath. Not just one day a week. Because he that hath entered into this rest hath ceased from all his own works. So now you live in a continual rest, not just looking to one day a week when you can rest. And I know there's, there's a lot of... you know It brings us to another very important question because... That so many people are asking, well, should Christians, I get this all the time, believe it or not, should Christians worship on Saturday or Sunday or, and I'm like, look, have a revival, do it every day of the week. And believe it or not, the Bible 
the only two places that we have that, he, that tell us which day the disciples have worshipped, the only two places tell us that they came together on the first day of the week. You say, well, it's got to be Sunday then. No, you've got to understand what was going on here. In Acts chapter 20, verse 7, the Bible says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until um, it was over. So the first day of the week, being Sunday, it was obvious that they came together on that particular day. And then in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, it gives us more information. It says, Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So these are two passages that tell us that apparently the early church did meet on the first day of the week. Why? This is very important. Because the first day of the week was the Sabbath. No, the first day of the week was not the Sabbath. Saturday was the Sabbath. So why did they meet on the first day of the week then? Well, because Paul and the other apostles would go into the synagogue every Sabbath day to convert Jews. And then they would bring them uh, the next day to church to teach them how to be Christians and to embrace the new covenant. It wasn't necessarily that they were observing a physical Sabbath day. Acts um, 17.2 tells us that um, this, that this was Paul's habit. The Bible says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. He would go there on the Sabbath day, then he would bring them on the first day of the week on Sunday, the next day, and say, Okay, we're going to show you how, to, the, how the new covenant works. We're going to show you how to be a Christian. We're going to show you how to, uh, to, once you're born again, to be discipled and learn to live as a Christian. That's what the New Testament's all about. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the birth, the teachings, the death of one man, Jesus Christ. The book of Acts is how they put all this, uh, the, all that they learned from Jesus into action. And then the book of Romans through Jude is to show people how to live as Christians and to be discipled post their born-again experience. So they would... Um, after these three days of Sabbath, Paul would go in and reason with them out of the Scriptures in the synagogues. And then in Acts 18.4, the Bible says, And he reasoned with them in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So Paul was a soul winner. And he was, he was going and converting people, converting Jews in, in the, on the Sabbath day. Then he would bring them to church the first day of the week. And so, but we can worship any day of the week. It's very important that you understand that. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're living in a perpetual Sabbath. And this is the new covenant of the New Testament. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. 
We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Now, one of the main points I want you to get today is that it was not a matter of observing the Sabbath on a Saturday or a Sunday. A lot of people get so hung up on that. But you have to understand what Christ really did on Calvary. And he moved us out of the law. We're out from under those types and shadows. Remember, the Bible talks about we moved out from that into God would write those laws on our hearts. And we don't keep a physical Sabbath day anymore. You can, you can have a revival every day of the week. And God is going to be so pleased with that. And so it was, it was just simply, um, in the Bible, it was a matter of evangelism. That Paul would go into the synagogues and the disciples, the apostles would go into the synagogues and then bring them to church on Sunday. Go into the, into the synagogues on a Sabbath. It was just simply a matter of evangelism because... We've got another place that tells us that they were daily in the temple, right? They were, they were just, they were evangelizing, evangelizing and evangelizing. And many of them were martyred as a result of that. And so because they absolutely could not stand that they were going out and teaching in the name of Jesus Christ and trying to convert Jews. And they went from, uh, it was evangelism to them. And that's really what it should be for all of us. I really... And to my core, I'm an evangelist. I'm teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God just like the apostles did. That's, if, you, if you consider yourself a Christian, that's your great commission from God. Teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world till the end comes. That's your job. A lot of people say, well, I'm looking for the will of God in my life. Teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Yeah, but I want him to give me a job making $150,000 a year and a Lexus and a couple trips overseas every year. You want to know the will of God? Be an evangelist. Teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the will of God for every Christian's life. Now, he may call you into where you make a lot of money and support the church and da-da-da. We'll get into That's a whole other conversation. I'm just saying at, in, at the core of every Christian will be the same core as Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to restore sonship to mankind and then t- tell that person, you go share what just happened to you. Okay. So the apostles, they went from place to place and, and from house to house and mightily grew the word of the Lord and prevailed because they lived in a daily Sabbath. Now, just like the scripture said... He that had entered into this rest has ceased from his own works. So the Apostle Paul, he, would, he won his converts on Saturday, and then he took them to the Christian church to train them on Sunday. All right. So the, the next question that comes up, and I thought I would cover this today. Um, so, you know, is it, is it okay to observe the Sabbath? 
Because you say, are you preaching against the Sabbath? No, I'm not. But, well, let's talk about it and let me explain myself. So, Romans chapter 14, verse 2. The Apostle Paul was teaching about this question right here. Is it okay? Now we're in the New Testament. Is it okay for somebody to observe the Sabbath or not? The Apostle Paul said in in, uh, Romans 14, 2, For one believeth that he may eat all things, and another who is weak eats herbs. So he's saying that there are some people that are weak in faith, that don't really realize everything that Jesus did on the cross. They become vegetarians. This is what the Bible's saying here. I'm not saying everybody's a vegetarian is weak. I'm just saying it's what the Bible says. And they don't eat meat. Well, Paul says, what do we do about these types of people? Now, did you, you, you knew all these discussions are in the Bible, right? <laughs> so, um, the Bible says, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. If somebody wants to be a vegetarian, fine, be a vegetarian. And let not him which eateth not judgeth him that eateth. If someone decides that they need to be a vegetarian or wants to be, great. But they shouldn't criticize those that are still eating, you know, T-bones and ribeyes and briskets and ribs and uh, smoked chickens and, um, you know, all that other good Texas stuff, right? Bob says, For God hath received him, who art thou that judgest another man's servant. To his own master he standeth or falleth, yet he shall be held up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it not unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day unto the Lord He doesn't regard it. So he's saying that it's not a crucial issue. Some people have made it this Mount Everest. But the Apostle Paul is saying, look, let everyone be persuaded in his own mind. It's not that critical of an issue. If somebody wants to observe a Sabbath day, let them. But they've got to be, Jesus said, except a man's born again, he can enter and see the kingdom of God. We're not going back under the law. Those were types and shadows of things to come. Those were, uh, the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. You say, well, I'm keeping the law and I'm keeping a physical Sabbath and that's what's going to save me. Nope, it won't. It won't. The thing that will save you is to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't uh, enter or see the kingdom of God. But if so, the Apostle Paul said if somebody wants to observe a, observe, observe a Sabbath, fine. He can do that if he wants to. If, if somebody doesn't want to work on a Saturday or Sunday, fine. I'm not going to judge him. But if he wants to be born again, I've got to tell him. If he wants to go to heaven, I've got to tell him you've got to be born again. <sighs> we've got to figure all this out, right? I mean, we're trying to reconcile this question the Old Testament, the New Testament. What about the Sabbath? What about all these verses that seem contradictory? They're not. Old Testament, old will of God. New Testament, new will of God. The new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied about. The um, with stammering lips and another tongue that Isaiah prophesied about. Those were future prophecies that would happen in the New Testament. Okay, You've got to be able to bridge the gap there. So, the Bible says, um, let each man be persuaded in his own mind. He that eateth 
eateth to the Lord and, God, and giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not and giveth God thanks. Give God thanks in all. That's the main point. So the Apostle Paul is trying to say, don't let this scripture rip you apart because simply it, it, it doesn't matter. It's not that critical of an issue. Now in Galatians 4, 9, the Apostle Paul addressed this issue just a little bit farther and he told the Galatians, he said, I'm afraid of you. Well, the question is, why, afraid of them? The Apostle Paul, he wasn't afraid of anybody. So what's it saying here? Why, why is he saying this? He says, but now after that ye have known God, after these individuals, they were in church, the church in Galatia, they were born again. He said, after that you've known God and rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? We're not going back under the law. I have had friends that have decided we're still under the law. The law was considered bondage. And if you turn back to the law, it was considered bondage. He observed day, the apostle Paul is saying, I'm afraid of you. He wasn't saying, I'm scared to death and I'm rattling in my boots. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm just concerned because you observe days and months and times and years, and I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. What I'm telling you is, the Apostle Paul is saying that I'm afraid of you, that you don't understand what really happened on the cross, what Jesus Christ really did on Calvary. You're not able to understand the difference in the Old and the New Testament and how we, Jesus Christ came on Calvary, a spotless human being who had never died. God manifested in the flesh and transitioned us out of the Old into the New Testament. He's saying, I'm afraid of you because you don't have a revelation of the shift from the old will of God to the new will of God. So you're stuck under the old will of God, which did not work. If the, a lot of people say, well, I, I've had people tell me, no, we're still under the law. I'm going back under the law. And I say, well, if the law was working, then Jesus Christ came and died in vain, right? If the law was working, why did Jesus Christ have to come and die? Because the law was not working. The Bible says no flesh was justified by the blood of bulls and goats. Those were stopgap measures until a sinless human being would come and die. When, it, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered into the human race. We entered into what's called the law of sin and death. The soul that sins, it has to die. Ezekiel 18.4. So God looked for somebody who could break that law, that contract, the law of sin and death. Couldn't find anybody. The Bible says his own right arm brought forth salvation. He robed himself in a fleshly body, never sinned one time, and died for us on a cross. That broke the law of sin and death. We were reconciled unto him. Now we can be sons of God. He, he redone what was undone at the Garden of Eden. He redid that at Calvary. And the Apostle Paul is saying, don't, no, 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 you're not going back under the law. I'm afraid of you. You don't understand the shift that happened, that you're stuck under the old will of God that didn't work. Jesus Christ came to take care of all of that. He said, I'm afraid of you, or I'm, I'm really questioning what's going on here. So in conclusion, 
The Bible teaches the Old Testament law and all things that were taught there were merely shadows, not the very thing, but they were shadows of things to come so we can more fully understand God's will in the New Testament. And today we observe a perpetual Sabbath or a rest when we receive the Holy Spirit. You can worship any day of the week. If someone wants to eat a certain way or not eat a certain way, fine. Don't judge them, and they shouldn't judge you. And finally, once you understand, and this is the most important point, once you understand what Jesus really did on the cross, it answers all the questions, really. You can understand the transition from the Old, or old, the old Testament or the Old Will of God into the New Testament or the New Will of God, and then... If somebody's questioning, hey, should we be under the law? No, we're not under the law. We are in that new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied about where he said, I'm not going to write the law on tables of stone anymore. I'm going to write it on their heart when they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, that was a future prophecy, but this is what the new will, the new covenant that Jeremiah prophesied about, that's what we're doing. That's where we're at now. We're in the new will. It all revolves around Calvary. Us being, the Bible says, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto him, bringing us back together with him so that we could be sons of God. From the time of Adam and Eve, there were no human sons of God from the time of Adam and Eve till Jesus Christ. But now, if you're born again, you and I, male or female, can be sons of God. And oh, don't you want to be a son of God? Don't you want to be part of the bride of Christ? Don't you want to be part of the church? Jesus Christ is coming back before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Make sure that you're born again as well. You can go to endtime.com slash reborn and read all about it. How, do, how am I born again? I want to understand this transition from the Old Testament into the New Testament. Make sure you understand these principles because there's a lot of questions going around today. But the Bible has all the answers. And certainly want to thank God for that today, don't you? 